Here at Meadowbrook, our uh, mission statement is uh, upward, inward, and outward, um, helping people to take our next steps with Jesus. Uh, so I have the uh, privilege of sharing today, but I do want to first welcome everybody here. Um, there's so many uh, young people here, and not everybody here is representing Meadowbrook, so we just want to say welcome, and uh, yeah, we're, we're glad you're here. Um, you know, these 11 candidates, uh, it's testimony to uh, all the work that's, that's happened in their lives, the, the work of the Holy Spirit with uh, parents, uh, you know, pouring in their children, uh, with friends, mentoring them, um, with co-workers sharing the gospel. Who knows how far this could go, but there's so much uh, investment into these young people and, and just the work of the Holy Spirit that ultimately... Um, you know, made that those seeds grow. So just thank you to all you parents. So I want to just share a little bit um, on baptism. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to take you back to uh, uh, Zurich, Switzerland. Um, sounds nice, right? Uh, probably when I think of Switzerland, I think of uh, skiing for some reason. I've never been there. Um, but it's... I'm taking you back 500 years. It's the year uh, 1525, January 21st. Um, most, society, most of society is tied to the Roman uh, Catholic Church at this point. And the church, uh, the church and state are one. Uh, infant baptism was the norm. Um, and it was simply because uh, the fear of uh, a pagan society uh, developing uh, if they weren't baptized early on. And at, to this point, the Gutenberg Press uh, was in, in operation for almost 100 years now. And because of that, uh, there were now uh, Bibles being printed in your, their native tongue. Um, up to this point, uh, it was uh, a Latin Bible that they would often use, the Latin Vulgate. Uh, some of you guys are familiar with that. Um, and it was read in the church and then translated by the priests uh, or the clergymen, um, and really it was only taught to them. So uh, whatever the priest would say, uh, that, was, that was gospel. Uh, that was, you know, the truth. And now that Bibles were being printed in, in their native tongue, you know, people were reading the word. They were reading uh, the scriptures and realizing and seeing how they did it in, in the scriptures. So imagine yourself, you're at your buddy's house, in the living room, um, back, uh, yeah, in the living room, back in the 1925 or 1525, we'll call your buddy Felix. Uh, good name, right? Uh, there were about 15 of you, of your brothers and sisters in Christ, in the living room. Uh, you're gathered there for Bible study discussion. And you're talking about your faith and life issues. You're on the topic of baptism, though. Remember, these were all people who had been baptized as infants. And now you're reading the Gospels and the book of Acts for the first, or, you know, for the first few times. And you're starting to see a different way of doing it. Instead of being baptized as a child, you're now seeing they're baptized as adults based on the confession of faith. They, they weren't forced to assimilate, assimilate in the in scriptures. Now... Next thing you know, your buddy, your buddy George, we'll call him, um, 
he gets up in the living room, kneels before your other buddy, uh, Conrad. Conrad is the leader of the group, the cool guy, I guess. Uh, George says, hey, uh, Conrad, baptize me. Conrad is caught off guard. Um, he, st- he stands there thinking for a little bit, wondering, what is this? What, what's, he, what's he trying to say? And what, what's this mean in the big picture? You know, there's a cost here. Because it's against the law. To, to go against the church and the way the ordinances that they had was against the law. So after a bit of thought, Conrad baptized him. And it wasn't long after uh, the rest of the room followed suit. They were all baptized. And so this is a true story. So you have these three guys, George Blarock, George Bluecoat, they call them, um, Felix Montz, and Conrad Grable. Uh, this is the first recorded story of adult baptism um, on the confession of faith since the Re- or in the Re- during the Reformation, um, and who knows, maybe it was hundreds, thousands of years before that. Since then, right? But the meaning of they were they were called Anabaptists. The Anabaptists means rebaptizers. So because they were baptized as infants, now they're being rebaptized as adults. Uh, this was a time when it was against the law and the consequences were harsh. Felix and George, uh, they would both eventually be martyred. Um, and Conrad Grable, unfortunately, he uh, escaped it due to the plague. So I don't know if that's a whole lot better, but uh, yeah, there's, that came at a great cost. But, you know, I went into this today preparing, uh, yeah, per- yeah, sorry. I went into preparing today uh, asking, what is so special about baptism? What is it about baptism that God wants us to do this? You know, we know it's a command. You know, we, we're good at following orders when it's black and white. But what is it about these guys in, a, in the early period of the Reformation found it's so important to, to follow through with baptism, to change the way, the norm, to something uh, biblical? Um, and I, you know, the scripture that, that stands out is uh, Matthew three thirteen seventeen. 17. Uh, what better example than Jesus' uh, baptism? Let's go ahead and read it. Then Jesus came to Galilee, to the Jordan, to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So yeah, here we, uh, here we see John the Baptist humbling himself and recognizing that Jesus is superior to him. John says, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? He could have been arrogant and prideful and said, hey, this is, this is my area of ministry. You know, you have your area of ministry, this is mine. You know, go back to your place, and I'll, I'll, I'll work on these people. Um, but he doesn't. He recognizes that Jesus is Lord. And, and uh, he doesn't uh, give in to his insecurities.
he humbles himself rightly, surrenders complete control over to Jesus and allows Jesus to give him the authority to baptize him. It reminds me of one, one of the things that Jesus says. Um, I think you're all familiar with it, but it's for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. But as soon as Jesus was baptized, what happens? Uh, heavens opened up. And he saw a spirit like uh, the spirit of God descending on him like a dove, alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, "This is my son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased." You know how big a deal was this baptism? So first, you have Jesus presented at, at the Jordan, the chosen Messiah. You have the Holy Spirit coming down like a dove, and making His glory shine on him. So Jesus radiating he's radiant alighting on him it says his glory and then you have the father calling down from heaven the father gives his blessing this is my son whom i love and with him i am well pleased if you're ever going to send your son or daughter into this world and bring about change uh, or hope you may want to send them off with that blessing right that's a pretty pretty powerful blessing this baptism was the commissioning of, of Jesus' ministry. This is where he got to go ahead and start revealing to the world that the kingdom was at hand. His first assignment, I don't know, what, what do they say in prison when they go in the hole, 40 days in the hole? He gets to go straight into the desert for 40 days. Yeah, that's his first assignment. And no food, uh, no other people, just him. And, and the spirits that led him there. It wasn't the devil that led him there. It was the spirit that led him there. It's, that's very important because sometimes the spirit leads us into deserts in order for uh, some opportunity for growth. You know, while, uh, while reading this passage these last few weeks, I, I noticed something else that I'd never, I've never dawned on me before. And maybe, maybe it's new to just me, maybe it's not. Um, but this baptism was such a big deal and it was of such importance. It's the first time throughout humanity, first time in scriptures and the only time in scriptures that the Trinity made themselves known in the same place. You see that? It's the first time that where the Godhead come down, the Father speaks, the Holy Spirit makes himself somewhat or visible, I guess, and you have the Messiah all in the same location at the same time. Never, ever has there ever something like that taken place. So that, that's, that's so powerful. So the Godhead has manifested before the people in front of these witnesses who were being baptized by John this baptism launches Jesus into establishing the new covenant. The Holy Spirit, the Father, were there to see Jesus off into ministry. So I have a question. Why did Jesus need to be baptized? As, have you ever asked that question? That's, that's a new question to me. That's big. This is a, a question, a new question. So I, I've been reading a little bit of R.C. Sproul. He put it this way. In order for Jesus to die without sin... He had to live 
a life completely in alignment with the law, the Old Testament. So there was 613 laws that he had to follow and get right the first time. Not, there was no second chances. But that's only part one. Part two is the, he also had to live a life in complete alignment with the new covenant, the new testament, because whatever he was ordaining, whatever he was putting in place, he also had to be guilt-free of as well. So the covenant he was preaching and building as, as he was doing ministry for those years, that was what he was establishing. He had to live out perfectly. And one of the commandments that he put in place in the new covenant was that there would be there was to be baptized. We were to be baptized. You know the verse. We read it all the time. Uh, the Great Commission, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. I always skip over the baptized piece. It, that never stands out to me, but the other parts uh, stand out. It says, "Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations." baptizing them into the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus couldn't break that which he had ordained. He started the ministry off with redemption and baptism. And this is big. He started the ministry off with, off of redemption, of, with baptism and union with the Trinity. And he ends his ministry calling us to be baptized and into union with the Trinity. So that's, can we correlate that? When we, when we have the one piece at the beginning and a very similar piece at the very end. Uh, most of you are familiar with the covenant relationship. Uh, yeah, most of you are familiar with the covenant relationship of circumcision in the Old Testament. The, uh, the Lord found Abraham in the, uh, in the chosen guy, or the Lord found Abraham to be the chosen guy which uh, the Lord wanted to represent, be represented by, and make a covenant with. The Lord had made a covenant promise with Abraham to make him a blessing and a great nation, to make his offspring as numerous as the stars in the sky. The covenant was that every male belonging to the house of Abraham was to be circumcised. This was the sign of the covenant, the promise, the act of faith that you believed God for what he said. Circumcision was the marker pointing to something greater. It was the outward symbol saying, you belong to the people of Israel, of who represented Yahweh. It wasn't just supposed to be an outward sign. There was supposed to be a heart change, a longing after God. If, if they followed him wholeheartedly, the promises of God followed. That he would be their God and they would be his people. What about the New Testament? Is there an outward sign because of an inward change that has resulted in an upward worship? Did you guys get that? The upward, inward. <laughs> Is there an outward sign because of an inward change that has resulted in an upward worship that points us back to Christ? That ties us to the promises and benefits we receive by faith. Is there something like the Old Testament 
that the capital C church can point to and say, they belong to the king. I believe the sign is baptism. Using water as a representation of the cleansing of sin, that the power of the Holy Spirit has brought you to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and that you now rest in the promises of God, moving, to, moving us to repentance. Not wanting to live in sin in darkness any longer, not because of the work of baptism, but because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Because of him, we in faith step into baptism. It represents new life, a surrendering, and a commitment of one's life to Jesus. We enter into a covenant relationship with him to love and follow him all the days of our lives. Meadowbrook Confession of Faith says that we believe that baptism by water is a public act of obedience that, which testifies that God is Christ, in Christ has forgiven a person from sin freed from the power of sin and death, given them the Holy Spirit, and united them with the body of Christ. Baptism is for those who repent and confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, pledging to live as Jesus' disciples in all of life. Through baptism, the local church incorporates followers of Jesus. Let's call the worship team up. Or who's up next, I guess testimony sorry <laughs> sorry um, it's an outward sign of being engrafted into the vine you guys all know the the parable of the vine so as these candidates as you have already taken up baptism in, in the past you guys are being have already been engrafted into the vine and the vine or the the branch is completely dependent on the vine to sustain life. It feeds it, it nourishes it. Yeah, so Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. I'm guessing most of you have taken this step and since that time, the spirit has probably led you into some deserts for some growth opportunities. But in those times of challenge, I, I challenge you to reflect back on the covenant you made with the Trinity the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, that you would walk with him in obedience, not as a rule follower, but as someone who loves the Lord with all his heart, still drawing you near. He draws you near. I'm guessing that today there was a huge celebration in heaven over these 11 candidates who, uh, who have fallen in love with the Lord. And he's still drawing you guys closer, nearer, Christ has done his part. He's given his word. He's been faithful with his promises to support us. He leaves us at the end of this commissioning with the promise, as surely as I am with you, as, and surely I am with you always to the very end of age. So why is baptism so important? Because you're aligning with something much greater than yourself. You're aligning with Jesus. You've come into covenant relationship with him who has done an inward work resulting in an outward response. Thank you. I would like to, uh, who's up next? Adam. Adam. Awesome. All right, 
I'm Adam Bergen, and this is my testimony. I was raised in a loving Christian home by my parents, George and Helen, who brought me to church and exposed me to the teachings, love, and grace of God since the day I was born. Having parents who value their faith and raise me to seek God and righteousness in all aspects of my life has been one of my greatest blessings and is something I'm extremely thankful for. Though I was raised in a family of faith, once I grew into my late teenage years, I began to stray further and further from the path of righteousness and began to fall into many sinful habits, thought patterns, and ultimately grew to trust in myself and others more than I trusted in the Word of God. Upon leaving my parents' home to live in Windsor University, I fell even deeper into sin and into the ways of the world. Though I never officially renounced my faith, I went from rarely attending church to never attending church, and whatever relationship I had with God was put on the back burner to prioritize selfish and worldly desires. Ultimately, following that unrighteous path led me to an extremely low point in my life in which my self-esteem and sense of self-worth were at an all-time low. It was during this time that my dad invited me to attend church with him to check out the final day of the Holy Spirit weekend. Initially, I dismissed the idea, but God had other plans, and he removed all the excuses I was using to avoid coming to church, so I came. During the pre-service prayer and during the service itself, I remember being overcome with a sense of belonging and love from the Holy Spirit, which proved to me that what had been missing from my life was him and that he had always and will always love me. Since making the choice to pursue Jesus and accept God as the master of my life, I have experienced love, fulfillment, and peace in a greater capacity than I ever thought I could. Realizing that the teachings of God are a greater guide than any worldly advice or my own discernment could ever be, I have begun to find confidence and direction in my life, which is all thanks to the mercy and strength of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I have two verses written down here, but I think I'm going to add another one. I'll do three. So these three verses have been the most impactful to me throughout my spiritual journey so far. The first is Psalms 23.4, which reads, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And there's 2 Corinthians 12.10, which reads, That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And the third one is Hebrews 10.14, which says, By that one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming out. Uh, my name is Colin. I grew up in a Christian home with great parents who always made sure we went to church every Sunday. We would always read the Bible. They are the ones who showed me who Jesus was. Even though I knew of God, I didn't know God. I had great influence with my parents and my family. But back then, I looked at going to church and reading the Bible as just a chore. Then, randomly, my parents decided to explore their options with different churches. One of the first churches we visited was Meadowbrook. I immediately knew that I liked this church and I wanted to attend again. The following Sunday, we went again, and I went to Sunday school, and I had so much fun, and I was learning. Then recently, my friend's dad invited me to do an Alpha program. I was following Jesus before, but then I felt him more than I ever had before, and I can't wait to learn more about him. Since then, Jesus has brought me so much comfort in tougher times. God has allowed me to see people's pain and help them. He has brought me peace in my life knowing he is the answer to everything. I have to say one of my favorite scriptures is Luke 10, verse 19. It states, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you 
can walk among snakes and scorpions that cr and crush them. Nothing will injure you. It reminds me that no matter what tries to take me from God or whatever tempts me, I can overcome them in God's glorious name. I fully believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again three days later for my sins. My name's Devin, and this is my testimony. I grew up in a Christian household with a loving mom and dad, as well as a brother and a sister. My parents took us to church and read us Bible stories, and that is how I was first introduced to Jesus. While I can't say what the exact moment was that I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, the time that most comes to mind is senior youth. I always grew up believing in God and knowing that He was there, but I didn't really let it influence my life. It was just something that I kept on the back burner and never really thought about. However, when I got into senior youth, that began to change. Up until this point, youth was just a fun place to hang out with my friends. Sure, we learned about the Bible, but that was not why I was going. In senior youth, we had deeper talks and good conversations, developed good relationships with each other and the leaders, and I began to actively seek Jesus in my personal life. Since then, the impact Jesus has had on my life has been, has been and continues to be great. He continues to call me deeper into obedience with Him, and, especially recently, he has started a fire in me that wants to pursue his plan for my life and find what he has in store for me. His comforting presence and all-consuming love makes going through life so much better, and it gives me confidence that comes from knowing that God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, loves me deeply and is on my side. A scripture that has had a big impact on me is found in Luke, verse 10, Luke chapter 10, verse 19. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all powers of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. To me, this verse says that no matter what happens, God has given me, through the blood of Jesus, the authority to overcome it all. It empowers me and fills me with hope for the future, knowing that God has got my back to the end. Hi, my name is Leah. I grew up in a Christian household with an amazing family and parents who introduced me to Jesus. But we never really had a home church, so I never fully knew Jesus. It was until I got older and began being more and more introduced to Jesus by being brought to church by my aunts and uncles and going to youth groups with my friends and family. At this time, I still didn't fully know Jesus, but I knew I wanted to know him more. As I went into high school, I began putting Jesus in the back of my mind. I started struggling with my mental health, so I often questioned why Jesus was putting me through this. It got especially bad in the winter of 2022. I didn't understand why this was happening to me. It was until the next summer when my boyfriend Devin invited me to the Hogsford Hospice Church event that I knew I wanted more. So I began attending Meadowbrook's youth group and the Sunday morning church services. It was after church service about the importance of prayer that I began needing to, be, that I realized I needed to fix my prayer life. I began praying more consistently and about answers, trust, and healing for my mental health struggles. God put 1 Peter verse 6 on my heart. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many hardships or many trials for a while. The verse, that verse has helped me to understand why God put me through those trials, and I believe that if it wasn't for those hardships, I wouldn't be where I am today with my relationship with Jesus. Hello, my name is Daniel, and this is my testimony. I I grew up in a Christian home, attending church every Sunday at Stevenson's Church. I don't remember anything from there because I was around four or five years old when I attended. By then, my family stopped attending church there. 
For years, we did not go to church, but when I got to sixth grade, I was introduced to youth here at Meadowbrook on Thursday nights. Then I stopped going a year later because of COVID. When COVID started, youth met outside and then went to online. I did not have a device to join in online, so I stopped going. When COVID ended, I waited half a year to go back because I was worried that youth leaders, that the youth leaders would not want me back because I left. But I came back in the middle of the year, and it was nothing like I thought it would be. I was welcomed, I was loved, and the leaders were happy to see me come back. And it just felt amazing. I never attended Sunday services because I thought youth was as good as I got, but it got better later in my life. And then grade nine, grade nine to 10 came, and I was accused of an inappropriate action, which I had not done, and that was that made me so frustrated. I was so tempted to drop out of school. I was bullied. I was threatened. I almost got expelled from school. And then, and that is when I felt like I was shutting down. I was depressed. I felt like no one loved me, and I felt lonely. My parents argued a lot. It felt like my family was separated from each other. So every day, I would go. I would come home from school and go straight to my room, just feeling so sad and always thinking. <clears throat> when the next Thursday came, I would get ready for youth, I would arrive at the youth, and then I was asked to hang out with the most amazing friend God had blessed me with. We spent time together, and it felt, and I felt such an amazing connection. <clears throat> and now he has helped me go through, now he has helped me to grow in my faith and show me who God really is. He also introduced me to Sunday services, and I have been attending Sunday services for three to four months now. This has impacted me so much because I now believe in God, I know what he can do, and I know he will always be there for me. I can go to him when I need him, and he has brought me so much joy. Everything is better right now, knowing God has a plan for everyone's life, and I know this is part of his plan for my life. The scripture I chose is Isaiah 41, 13. For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. The scripture means so much to me, it tells me that he will always be by my side when I need him, and to be fearless because he is by my side. I'm Danae Froze. I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was the associate and youth pastor at the church we attended. And when I was young, I tried to be the best Christian I could. <clears throat> I memorized all the memory verses. I participated in Sunday school. I tried my best to pay attention in church, and I prayed every night. By grade seven, I had stopped all of that. I was done with being forced to do stuff I didn't enjoy just because I was a pastor's kid. So I became more of a distraction during Sunday school, and I didn't really listen during church. In between my grade seven and eight year, we had to move churches. It was a very hard time for my whole family. And when we moved, everyone was streaming online. It was like the height of COVID. And, and my parents said we were going to watch a couple services to see where we felt we were being called. We watched only one service, and it was a Meadowbrook one. And we decided that it was going to be our home church. After attending here for a couple months, I decided to try youth here. I was very nervous, and the first night I attended, it already felt really different than my old church. I continued to attend, and as I started to make friends and connect with the leaders, I finally let go of my old church. Attending youth here got me to try with my relationship with the Lord more. I had never given up completely, but I had stopped praying and never read my Bible or did any devotions. This youth got me back into trying. I started to pray, and I read the Bible with my mom every night for a while, and then started doing devotionals on my own every morning. I really tried to learn about the Lord. By the time I was in grade 9, I felt connected with the Lord again. High school was stressful for me. Grade 9 wasn't awful, but my grade 10 year hit me like a freight train. 
I was falling back into my depression, and I just felt awful. I was miserable, and I complained every day so much. So one night, I was praying, and I just let all of the emotion out of me. I cried, and I told God about all the stress I was putting on. Just a second, guys. So I cried, and I told God about all the stress I was putting on myself and how much of it I was letting build up to the point where I was angry at everything. And that night, I gave my life to him again. It was about the millionth time, but it was the only genuine time I can think of. Since then, I've been considering baptism. I still struggle with stress and my depression, but I feel I've become a much happier person since I've had a real relationship with Jesus. I believe I heard his voice telling me to attend Pathways earlier this year. I ignored it and regretted it until this last Pathways rolled around. I'm so happy I listened to God this time because this is a step I've wanted to take for a while now. A verse that has meant a lot to me recently was given to me after the first Pathways class, and it comes from 1 Timothy 4.12 and reads, Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. This, me, this verse means so much to me because I had these lies in my head telling me I was too young to know I wanted to be baptized, and I was struggling with them a lot. So reading this verse helped me, and without this verse, I might not be up here today. Hi, I'm Brianna Clausen. I grew up in a Christian home and have been attending Meadowbrook Church since the age of two. My parents were the ones who introduced me to Jesus. Growing up in the church, I was involved. I started volunteering in the Tykes Room, helping in the office. I became a summer intern and have been attending youth here since grade six. Even though I grew up attending church, I did not feel like I actually knew Jesus. My faith became something I only thought about on Sunday mornings. This changed once I started grade nine. Entering high school, I felt lonely and didn't have any close friends. One day, I went to youth and we were talking about ways you can t talk to God. One of the ways that stuck out to me was talking to him like he is a friend that is walking beside you. I decided I wanted to try it because I was looking for a deeper relationship with God and wanted to get to know and understand him. This is my favorite way to communicate with God. I feel much closer to him. It has helped me with the feeling of loneliness that I have felt for so long. God has since then blessed me with so many things and has opened my eyes to the amazing life that he offers if I choose to follow him. I've decided to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior and live my life the way he has planned it for me. One of the scriptures I look back on for help is Genesis 28:15. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. This reminds me that God has a plan for me and I am never alone. Hi, my name is Corey Nickar, and I grew up in a family that didn't go to church. We didn't believe in God, but still, God blessed me for each stage of my life with great Christian friends. That saved my life to this day. Thank you, Mike. Sorry, where was I? Yeah, right? Okay, great stage of life. Uh, sorry, God blessed me with a great friend, childhood friend, who helped me in my life find my way to know God. I struggled with alcohol and drugs for most of my life, 
But even through all that, God didn't give up on me. When I didn't believe, I cursed him, I hated him, I was a bad person. But even through all this, I came to know Jesus through my childhood best friend, Anthony, who helped me when I was at my lowest point on the verge of becoming homelessness, addicted, and hopeless. He took me in and he taught me good Christian values. But still, I did not come to accept Jesus. Fast forward six or seven years ago. Sorry, kind of dark. At the tail end of 2022, I moved out and I, rekind- and I rekindled my friendship with my far more talented creative friend, Mike, who helped me get out of a very abusive relationship. Sorry. Then when I, when I accepted God, my, I got bad news. My grandmother was sick in the hospital. I smashed my phone. I walked outside, looked up at the sky, and I yelled, what do you want? Then out of nowhere, Mike showed up, and he, just, and he said, God told me to come check on you. And we had a talk. And after that, I grew to accept God. Since then, I've come to know peace, having Jesus in my life for the first time. All the anger, hate went away. And a scripture that's been important to me is Deuteronomy 8, 8, 15, 16 is meaningful because there were moments where I had nothing, I had no food, I was beaten from my abusive roommate, starving on the ground, and this one Christian neighbor came out of nowhere, fed me and got me out. Had never seen him since this day, but God bless him. Hi, my name is Kira Church. I grew up in a Christian home, going to church most Sundays and attending Sunday school where I learned about Jesus and the sacrifice he had made for us. Through my parents, Sunday school teachers, and family, I learned who Jesus was. I didn't fully understand what being a Christian meant until I got older. I grew up in a small home with my wonderful mom and dad and my amazing brother, Aiden. My mom did everything for me and my brother and worked many jobs to provide for our family. She even gave up her meals to feed me and my brother. My dad didn't have a job most of my childhood years. He did many different substances as I was growing up. This led to difficult times for me and my family. He got diagnosed with cancer when I was about four or five. This time was really hard for my family to deal with things since only my mom was working. At the time, I was trying to keep my faith strong, but my faith slowly started to die out. In 2019, when I was eight years old, my dad had passed, and I started to doubt God and made many bad choices to rebel against him. But over the next couple of years, my wonderful stepdad joined our family. I couldn't ask, I couldn't ask for a better, better father figure in my life. I did many things I regret over the span of three years until my friend Judy asked me if I wanted to attend Meadowbrook Youth. I went for about a year, and I really never built a relationship with God. This summer, I realized what it meant to be a Christian and started to build a relationship with him when my mental health had went downhill. I was consumed with depression and anxiety. I stopped praying and caring about God. I had tried to stop eating and dealt with self-harm and even thoughts about ending my life. 
My mental health got so bad that I even had a plan on how I was going to leave the earth. I lost all hope and all faith until July 14th to 15th when I attended the 2023 Meadowbrook Youth Summer Retreat, where I got great advice from my mentors about my mental health and trying to become close with God. After that retreat, I started building an amazing relationship with Christ, and I've been getting closer with him every day. Knowing Jesus has been such a blessing. Since I started building this wonderful relationship, I know if I am ever struggling, he will help me. He will never leave me, and he has never left me. My mentors, Connie Dyke and Renee Rushlow, have helped me in many ways on my walk with Christ. I don't think I would have such a strong relationship with him if they hadn't helped me find him again. My journey might not get easier for a bit, but I'm hoping to have an amazing relationship with my Heavenly Father. I have a couple verses that have helped me through this journey of mine. Micah 7, verse 8. For though I fall, I will rise again. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. 1 Peter 5, verse 10. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And then Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You rod in your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I wrote a poem to go with my testimony. I used to write poems a lot when I was in a very dark part of my life and it was kind of my escape and this one isn't about how bad my, how bad my mental health is it's about me being saved so it's called the light in the valley I like the shade black I like the way it shines in the beautiful night sky and the way it looks on hair when it's dyed I also love the way it matches in every outfit but it also tells a tale of some dark secrets, I should admit. The shade represents the dark times in my life, the sadness and depressive times, thinking I was all alone, not knowing the love I was being thrown. I think I like the color gold better. I like the way it looks on paper and my face in the sun and the way the hospital lights, or the way the hospital lights up when someone goes into labor. I like the way it shines as lights and the way it warns us of the nights. I like gold. I like the way it shines in my Savior's eyes. The colors of the gates, it's like a prize. The colors of my chains being broken because I've been chosen. I'm free in his name. It's like walking in the Hall of Fame, but I'm free. I'm a prisoner no more. He is my shepherd and I am his lamb. I finally see the lights at the end of the valley. I'm free. Finally free. Good morning. 
I was born in Laos. I was too young to comprehend the hardship my family went through before taking refuge in Thailand for at least four years. But by the grace of God, we received a sponsorship from this church and came to Canada in 1980. My name is pretty long. I came to know Jesus when I came to Canada in 1980. The very first verse I memorized and hold near and dear to my heart is John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I grew up here in Leamington. I remember attending Sunday schools, Wednesday night Bible study nights for girls. It's called Pioneer Girls. I don't know if they still have it. When school is out, it was vacation Bible school or camping with the youth group, usually Camp Henry. I attended and graduated from Emmanuel Christian Academy in 1988. I was surrounded by Christian friends and family. Life was good. Towards the end of my final year in high school, though, I started drifting away from Jesus. I got married. I moved away from Leamington. I lost my ways. I broke some commandments. I attended church only when I came for visits. I made decisions that I will regret for the rest of my life. I know God has forgiven me, but I sometimes find it hard to forgive myself. Even though I did not join a new church when I moved away, I still felt connected to Jesus. He has never given up on me. He has never left my side. And at my lowest points, when I felt alone and afraid, Jesus was there. I am alive and standing here today before you because God's grace and mercy. I should have been baptized when I was younger and closer to Jesus, but I believe God had it all planned out for me to experience life with and without him. I can testify it's so much better with him, and I confess that I am a sinner. Mark 9, 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. I believe that all my sins, past, present, and future, will be washed away today through baptism. I am committed to living my life with Jesus and I want to thank everyone here today for sharing this special day with me. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Somkit. I was born in Laos, took refuge in Thailand from 1975 to 1980. Life was rough in refugee camp in every possible way that I can remember. I came to Canada in 1980, sponsored by the Mennonite Brethren Church, now known as the Meadowbrook Fellowship. Thank you for showing me the roots, the gift, and the light of Jesus Christ. I have learned about Jesus Christ through Sunday school, ECA, and Bible study. In the summer of 1982, I had a privilege of attending youth camp in North Bay. That's when I accepted the Lord Jesus as my savior. Although I was active in and out of church, I lost my path. But I found my way back. Throughout my journey in life, I had had many ups and downs. In my troubled times, I thought about how I was going to how I was going to pick up and go on. I pray for strength, courage. Each time I managed to land on my feet. 
I realize all along the Lord was, is, and will be there with me always. I also realized that I wasn't allowing the Lord Jesus to fully lead the way. After this, I was able to see clearly where my path is, and this leads me to Luke um, verse five. Uh, uh, yeah, verse five, chapter no, chapter five, verse nine said, "Return to your home. Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you." And then Matthew 5.16 said, In the same, let your light shine before others so that they may see you in good works and glory that your Father who is in heaven. It took me 43 years to stand in front of you today as you as my witness. I now know I am so blessed in so many ways. And this includes my testimony.